journeys. You know, we all have journeys. Let's get right into this, and, and I want you to see this. Go to um, Exodus chapter um, 16, <clears throat> and it says this. It says, and they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. So that tells you how long have they been out on this. 45 days, one month and the 15th of the second month. Little did they know when you read these and they took their journey, how long their journey would be. Their journey lasted longer than what it should have because of what they did. And so I just wanted to go over this and for 45 days, all of a sudden things change. Keep going in verse number Two, and the whole congregation of the children of Israel, what's this, murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And keep reading, it says, And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died in the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. Well, see, that's not, that was never God's plan for them to stay there. But they're saying if, it was just, if God would have just let us die there, we'd be better. We did eat bread to the, to the full, for we, we have brought, for ye, referring to Moses, ye have brought us forth into the wilderness. Now watch this. This is a pretty blatant statement that they're saying. Watch this. To kill this whole assembly with hunger. When I read this, it shows me that the children of Israel are just children. If you've ever had a child, what do they do? Come in and they say, I'm dying of hunger. Have you ever had them say that? I think I'm going to die. I'm so hungry. Have you ever had this statement? I am so thirsty, I think I could die. You ever had a child say that? Maybe you've said it. But here, they're sitting there and they're complaining. And you know this definition of murmuring? If you take the, the, the Hebrew word here, it basically means grumbling. They were grumbling the whole time. So I started writing some things down that as you look at their journey, what they've seen so far. And I want you to write these verses down. You could check them out later. But that, that God had delivered them from captivity. And that's quite a few verses. It's Exodus chapter 5, verse 1. Through Exodus chapter 14, verse 16. God had miraculously brought them out of captivity from the Egyptians. And you've got to remember, in biblical sense, when you talk about the Egyptians, you're always talking about the world. Now, the Egyptians don't want to hear that, but that's what they're referring to. They were in this, and they were in the world. They were held captive, in captivity. Then in Exodus chapter 14, 13 through 31, you have the deliverance that God brings. You know what I like about God is He does the... He gets us out of captivity. He also brings us out of a deliverance, but he also works with the small things too. Let's look at the next one. The next one is water. They start complaining about water in Exodus chapter 15, verses 22 through 27. We looked a little bit about that last week. So the first one, captivity, Exodus chapter 5, 1 through 14, and Exodus chapter, and verse, Exodus chapter 5, verse 1 through Exodus chapter 14, verse 16. Exodus chapter 14, 13 through 31 is deliverance and waters, 15, 22 through 27. Then all of a sudden manna comes along and, and, they, and he delivers manna to them. Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 through 10. He's going to take care of them as they go, despite their murmurings. 
As a parent, how did you like it when your kids murmured to you? Did you just want to give them things? You know what I wanted to do? I wanted to take things away. My dad always used to say things. He goes, I'll give you something to cry about. I, I always loved that statement. I'll give you something to cry about. I was like, well, that's terrible. Why would you want to do that? Give me something I want to laugh about, not what I want to cry about. And so he brings the water, even though they were murmuring. He brings the manna, verses 16, 1 through 10. But then he brings quail. Look at this, go to Exodus chapter 16, verse 11 through 13. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the what? Murmurings of the children of Israel, speaking to them, saying, at even, at even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. God is doing things all the time for them, and you're not just talking about a few people, you're talking about millions of people. Can you imagine the manna and the quail that had to come for this? He even did it while they were complaining. Keep reading in verse number 11, I mean verse number 12, 13, I'm sorry. And it came to pass that at even the quails came up and covered the camp. In the morning the dew lay round about the host. So he brings these quail in for them so that they can eat meat. And then he tells them how to do it. Go to verse number, um, Exodus chapter 16, verse 16. It says this, drop down a few verses. It says, this is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, an omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tents. It says, and the children of Israel did so and gathered some more, some less. And when they did meet it with an omer, it says, he that gathered much had nothing over. And he that gathered little, little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. Because every man is different, right? And so he understands that. And then in verse number 19, it just shows you the simplicity of God, but yes, the, yet the complexity of him. He knows that certain people can eat more. Now go to verse number 19. It says, And Moses said, Let no man leave it till the morning. You would think, with everything that God did, that they would follow. I mean, they had visuals. God did visual things to them. You think about it, all ten of the, ten of the um, plagues were visual things that they could see. They could see that they were not harmed in certain things and other people were. They could see that the boils were not on them, but they, were, how, they knew God was doing that. Now you come, into, you come into the Red Sea, they could see the, the Egyptians coming, and they could see a visual of them coming, but yet they could also see the water parting, and they saw the visual of that. And yet even in the Scriptures it said that they could see remnants of chariots and people in the water that had died. Another visual. Now every morning that they got up, they would see the quail. They also saw the visual of the water, the water they could not drink until Moses did something, and now they can, now they can drink it. You got the manna that they could see every morning. You got the quail that they could see. Everything was a visual thing that they could see. Yet that wasn't enough. Now he told them what to do. And even in the preparation of the commandments, he's laying out some groundwork. Aren't you glad that God lays out groundwork? Because he's going to talk 
about what? The Sabbath. Even in the laying of the manna and the quail. And this is not going to happen. What chapter does the twelve, the, the twelve, the Ten Commandments come in? Exodus chapter twenty. So yeah, we got three more chapters. We got seventeen, eighteen, nineteen before we get into the, the Ten Commandments. But you would think that they would listen. We don't see as much visual as they saw, especially in the short amount of time that they had. And so here you have all these things going on. Moses tells them what to do, says, you know, each person get their own. I wrote obedience, but really this is disobedience in, in chapter 16. So we got quail at Exodus 16 through 11 through 13. The amount they're supposed to get, 16, 16 through 19. But let's look at their obedience. Go to verse number 19. And Moses said, let no man leave it till the morning. Don't you just love when people don't listen to you? Go to verse number 20. It says in verse number 20, it says, Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses. But some of them left it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was wroth with them. And they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating, and when the sun waxed hot, it melted. And it came to pass that on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread Two omers for one man, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses. And he said unto them, This is that which the Lord hath said, Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath. Now he's laying the groundwork unto the, unto the Lord. Bake that which ye will bake today, and see that ye will seethe, and that which remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until the morning. And they laid it up until the morning as Moses bade, and it, and it did not stink, neither was there any worm therein. And Moses said, eat that today, for today is a Sabbath unto the Lord to do. Today ye shall not find it in the field. Now he just told them they're not going to find it in the field. Verse number 26. Six days ye shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, in it there shall be none. Now, now don't read ahead. Look up here. Do you not think they got it? You just sit there and go, why don't they listen? And we can go, Bernard, and look and go, why are the Israelites like that? But aren't we? How many times do you have to learn the same thing over and over and over? Now, I know there's some brilliant people in here. How many of you learned how to tie your shoe the first time someone showed you? I remember. I, I don't know much about this cousin, but I remember my cousin that taught me, and her name was Frances. I don't even know how she's related to me, but I know she's a cousin on my mom's side. She spent three to four hours teaching me how to tie my shoe. As a child, I can remember sitting in a swing and she would go, the rabbit does this and the rabbit jumps down the hole and you pull him around and you grab him by the ear. And she would do this and she was trying to make it where I could understand. I didn't understand and I sat there and I thought, you know what I was praying for as a young child? I was praying for an invention called Velcro is what I was praying for. But she just kept teaching me and kept teaching me. Aren't we like that in our life? In this story... They lay out. Now, what would you say the, the, the layout was this? You're going to get your man in the morning. Quail's going to come in the evening. On the sixth day, what do you do? You gather enough for the next day. And is every person different? Yes, even, even illustrates that, that some people eat more, other people eat less. I'm thinking I probably eat more than Johnny. Okay, but he runs a lot. Maybe he eats more than me, I just don't run. Okay, that might be the difference. 
But you know, as we look at this, we're all different. And so he tells them all these things, and you would think they would get it. You ever wonder why God put things in the Bible? I think he put stories in the Bible so we can relate to them. And some of them are so obvious. He had just told them not to leave it in the ground because it would stink. And what happens? Some of them left it in the ground and stink. And worms come up and God had a, even God had a way of disposal of their disobedience. So now he's laid it out and he says, listen, the Sabbath is on. We're going we're to do six days. On the sixth day, get twice the portion. We just read what happened. It says, in the, so six days you shall gather it on verse number 26. But on the seventh day, which is on the Sabbath, in it there shall be none. Keep reading. And it came to pass that there went out some of the people on the seventh day for to gather, and they found none. You just, you just think, what is wrong with these people? We're just like that. Besetting sins. Things you have to watch so that you don't repeat them. You know, I was telling you about that light over there that has the, all those four by six signs that says, do not turn on red. Well, I was sitting there not turning on red last night. And I don't know if you've ever seen an accident that it almost looks like it's in slow motion. I thought, what is that guy doing? You know what the problem was, Denver? He was driving a Toyota truck and he pulled out in front of a car. He was turning down Moreland on a flashing yellow light. And I saw it, and I, was, and I was one of those where you start talking, no, 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 no. And, and, and then a car just ran, rammed him. And I, got, and I thought, oh, my, I, thought, I, was, I was shocked that her airbag did not deploy. And I pulled back in the Walgreens. I walked out and made sure she was there. I waited for the police officers to come because I wanted to tell them. And the young man got out, and he didn't even know what he did. It's like, I don't know why she hit me. And I was like, because you turn. And then the police officer comes up, and he's standing right beside me. I said, he turned in front of her. And I remember going in there. I said, ma'am, are you okay? And she was just shaking. It was almost in slow motion. And I thought to myself, what is that guy doing? I wonder if God ever looks at me and goes, what is he doing? I've given him a guidebook. I've told him what to do, what not to do, and he's, yet still he's doing it. Because when we read this, he has is, he is told everybody, don't get, you know what, that, what he taught this guy? The guys that went out to eat? He taught them fasting. Because they went out to get their stuff and they didn't have anything. You know, God could have easily said, on the seventh day you fast. But he knew people. He knew that th some of them could not handle it. You know, the Bible does talk about fasting. Not very many people fast. And there's more than one fast. Look it up in the Bible. We don't do it anymore. He could have done that, but he didn't. He said, listen, you gather your food, and then all of a sudden there's this guy that just walks out there and tries to get his food, and he can't find any. Keep reading in verse number 20. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long refuse ye to keep my commandments and my law? You know, I find interesting about that is God is talking to Moses and he uses the word ye, like you. And it was, it was the people. 
There's no doubt in my mind, Bernard, that Moses on Saturday got two of them for the Sabbath. There's no doubt in my mind. He's not the one that broke this. Other people did. When you look at this, the obedience is Exodus chapter 16, verses 20 to 26, and Exodus chapter 16, verses 27 through 30. Here's this whole thing that you sit there and go, why do people act like this? It says in verse number 29, See, for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath, therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Abide ye every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. He had to basically tell them what to do. They didn't do it. Then he had to reiterate it. And then they did do it. I can guarantee you the men on this verse that, that didn't get it on the Sabbath, the next Sabbath they, they were already prepared for it. They had learned from their mistakes. And so we read in that first part of that verse, it says, it says, and they took their journey. Well, their journey was full of captivity, deliverance, water, man, a quail, amount, the amount they were supposed to get, and obedience of following what he said. That's a pretty good journey. But I wanted to point out three things that your journey should have. Before we get to that, I want you to flip over real quick to this. Go to your back page, and I wrote some things down here. How would your journey be described? And then I gave you some listings on here. Parents, how would your parents, if they were to describe you, and even if they're not alive, how would they describe your journey as a child to them when it came to what God wanted you to do? Would they say you're, you're obedient? Would they say you were deceptive? Would they say you were mischievous? A lot of times we use the word mischievous and that's okay, but mischievous is doing wrong, okay? All right, and then you, got, then you can say, what would your siblings say about you? How would they label your journey? Now, this is something for you to fill out later. How would they label your journey? What about your children? You know, there's one thing I don't want to do. I don't want to let down my children. I don't, want them, I don't want them to be let down. Sometimes I do let them down. I had a long conversation with my oldest today. I can always tell when her husband's working because she wants to talk to somebody and mama wasn't available so she talked to me. And she talked to me and talked to me and talked to me and talked to me. But you know what? I want to be there for her. Now keep going. What about friends? Well, how would friends pick a couple of your friends and say, how would they talk about your journey? Would it be someone that Complains all the time? Would it be someone that is uplifting? You say, well, look at the next one. Whoa. You said friends and the next one is foes. Those are totally opposite. Those are called people that don't like you. Does anybody have somebody that doesn't like them? I do. Ray doesn't like me. I mean, I, I know that. So, I mean, there's other people that don't like me. And, and, and how do they respond to you? You say, well, why is that so important? Because the Bible says love your enemies. You know how you love your enemies? Treat them right. You know what the goal is? Not having enemies. Now watch this. I can choose how to treat somebody. They have to choose whether they accept it. We all have crazy people in our family, right? Some of us more than others. And you just sit there and go, oh, I just can't believe that's happening. 
But how do your foes describe you? Although they might hate you for something that happened, it might even be out of your, out of your area, and they might think you did something you really didn't do. But how would they label you on your journey in life of your attitude towards them? Mark this down. Your worst enemy, you don't want them to see hell. You know, we, we sit there and we see this Kobe Bryant thing. It's made a lot of young people think, hey, you know, he's 41 years old, $500 million, worth $500 million, is worth a lot of money. That won't get him anywhere now. He had everything going for him. From what I gather, he was a good, good father. But you know what? It doesn't matter right now. And I'm not making light of what's happening, happened, but, you know, that's a devastating thing to understand that life and death are just like that. We're not guaranteed anything. If, you, if I'd have walked up to you like, um, two weeks ago and said, you know, Kobe Bryant's not going to live very much longer. You'd have th- said, that's crazy. He's 41 years old. He's a young guy. He works out, does all this stuff. You just, we just don't know what, when our time is going to be. So we've got to understand that we, we should, as we're going through our journey, affect other people in a positive way. Now, what's the next one? It said foes, and then all of a sudden we, we throw in church. What do people in the church think of you? Would they think you're faithful? Would they think that you're, you've got a good spirit? I'm not trying to get anybody mad. I'm just saying, what would the church people think? You know, I just love seeing people smile. Amen? Some people make me, make me, I'm going to pick on you for just a second, but she walks up, she says something to me in the handshaking course. She said, you know what I like doing in the handshaking course? I like to wave at Daniel because he can't wave back. So I wave at Daniel and Daniel's going with his head. He's waving with his eyes. That's, you and I understand each other. You know, you sit there and go, what do people in the church think? Look at the next one. What does God think? You know what I want God to say that, about me I want there's some biblical terms I want him to say that I was an ambassador I want him to say that I was a good soldier am I all the time no I want him to say that I was what I want him to say to me well done thou good and faithful servant there's some things I want him to say about the journey and remember when you think about him he's the one that's put you through this journey Who brought the Israelites through this journey? God did. Why was their journey the way it was? Because of them. You ever learn from the, the school of hard knocks? Been there, done that. These guys, all these things, this week, write some things down. What would your parents say? You don't need to call your parents. Well, I mean, just think. What would your parents say about your journey? What would, your, what would your family say about your journey? What would your children say about your journey? They were steady. What would your friends, foes, church, and God? And let's go back to the other side. On the bottom, you've got five events in your life that is a blessing to you. Write them down so when you have a bad day, you can look at them and say, here's five things God's done for me. I think of Jonathan back there. Being saved, what a blessing it is to know that where you're going to spend eternity. Praise God for that. But I want to give you three things real quick. Your journey will include work. Your journey will include work. You say, well, there's a blank behind it. What is that blank? I want to give you some verses here. I've got to find my notes. I don't know what happened to them. All right. Your journey, well, where'd it go? 
All right, Exodus chapter um, 16. It will include work. See, because when I used to read the Bible, I used to think, okay, this is going to be an, an easy thing. They're going to go out and they're going to get the man and everything's going to be okay. Right? Read a verse real quick. Go to Exodus chapter 16 and verse number 23. And I want you to see this, and I want to see if you see it in here. It says, And he said unto them, This is that which the Lord hath said. Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. What's the next word? Bake. It says, Bake that which ye will bake today. They had to get that manna and work that manna. They baked it. It wasn't like, they came out every morning and there was some um, oatmeal out there or there, there was something that was already prepared. They had to work. Your journey will include work. Some people don't like that word. But your journey will always include work. Okay, let's talk about one thing. God, Does God want you to witness to people? Bobby, you said you gave a track out today. That's something you have to do. It's It's work. And there's probably that point where you hand it to him and go, I wonder what he's going to think. Do you ever think that? I wonder what he's going to think. Is he going to like this? Is he going to be mad at me? Will he ever talk to me again? But you never know what that track could do. That track, he could set it down on his table and never look at it for three to four weeks. Maybe three to four months, three to four years. Pick it up and all of a sudden read it. It takes some work to do that. It takes some humbling to do that. I'm just in the hardware store. I'm just going to pick up some parts for my lawnmower. I don't need to witness to somebody. It takes work. And here these, these Israelites would have to go and gather this manna, prepare it, and I'm sure they prepared it in more than one way. People ask me what I feed my dogs. I feed them the same dog food. Can you imagine eating the same food every day? My house growing up, we always had potatoes in every meal. We didn't have a variety. We had probably five to six, seven different things that we would eat. You say, well, why, why, why potatoes? Why do you? Potatoes, okay? I'm saying it. So these, these ladies are making fun of me. I say potatoes with a B, okay? Potatoes. We would have spaghetti with potatoes. I'm like, I look back and go, Mom, what were you thinking? We'd have spaghetti, we'd have, we'd have pizza, and then we'd have potatoes off to the side. It's like, why? That's just what we did. We were meat and potatoes, and, and so that's what we did. We had different varieties of it, but as you look, you know, there was work involved. So our journey will include work. Our journey should reflect God. As we go through our journey, no matter where we are, if we're in our teens over here, it should reflect God. In our 20s, we should reflect God. In our 30s, we should re reflect God. In our 40s, 50s, and so on. Go to Exodus chapter 16. Verse number 32. I've got to flip my pages first. Verse number 32. It says, And Moses said, This is a thing that the Lord commandeth. Fill an omer of it to be kept for your generation." that you may see the bread wherewith I have, fled, I have fed you in the wilderness when I brought you forth from the land of Egypt. You think, you think God providing this manna meant something to God? Absolutely it did. You know why? Because they took this manna, and what did they do with it? For remembrance of them, what did they do with it? Anybody? They put it where? In the Ark of the Covenant. 
And all this was was bread. But it showed that God cared for them. And it showed a direct obedience to what God had done for them, that God loved them. You say, well, it was just bread. At least he could have made pizza or something like that. No, it was bread because that's what they needed. He gave them exactly what they needed. Every day, on Sa- on, before the Sabbath, he gave them enough for two. But it was so important, they put an Ark of the Covenant. It's amazing. Because it always pointed back to God. Our journey should always point back to God. It's going to take some work. It's going to, we need to understand that it's going to point back to God. And watch, watch the third one. Don't you love this? Sometimes in my journey, I want it over. There's aspects of those journey you want over. Maybe a sickness. Maybe a financial crunch. You ever been there? And you say this. If I could only get through this. Have you ever said that? And you know what God's going? Oh, oh, we're going to teach them a lesson. Because sometimes our journey lasts a lot longer than what we thought. But God's got it prepared even through our journey. He's got the food. He's got the, he's got the quail. He's got the water. And he's also even got the things that he talks about their shoes won't wear out. Wouldn't you love to have a pair of shoes like that? You ever feel like in the day we live in, things don't, live, things don't make it very much at all? TV, what do you do when you get it? I remember growing up when our TV went bad, you know what we'd do? We'd have a TV repairman look at it. I'm going to date myself in here. I want to see how many people remember this. Remember when you turned your TV off, it went and made a little dot in the middle? Anybody remember that? Raise your hand. Lindsay's going, what does that mean? The, the thing would go there, and I remember one time my mom said, don't watch TV, I want you to get your homework done. And me being the obedient child and my sister not being, she turned it on, I watched it with her, amen? And I'll never forget, she said, oh, mom's in the driveway, mom's in the driveway, we've got to shut the TV up, we're going to shut the TV up. And she said, stand right here. And I stood right in the middle of the TV. And my mom, my mom goes, what are you doing? I said, I don't know, I just, I'm just standing here. And she said, you need to move. So I just moved a little bit. She goes, no, I want you to move a lot. I moved and that white dot was still there. And lo and behold, I got in trouble. My sister didn't. You know, things are disposable. But God knew what they needed. Go to this and we'll be done. Exodus chapter 16, verse 35. Then the children of Israel did eat manna 40 years. Until they came to the land inhabited, they did eat manna. Until they came into the border of the land of Canaan. You know what's interesting? It's when they get to the land of Canaan, they're going to start eating something. You know what it's it's called? It's called old corn. It's what they used to eat when they were in Egypt. Do you know what those jaybirds did when they got into into Egypt? Out of Egypt in this? When they got the old corn, guess what? They complained about it too. Every time they turned around, they were complaining about something. Now, I want you to look at something and we'll be done. I want you to look at two verses. Go to Exodus chapter 16. Let me show you how this could have changed. Go to Exodus chapter 16 and verse 9 and verse number 12. Verse 9 says this, And Moses spake unto Aaron, so unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, come near before the Lord, for he hath heard your... What's the next word? 
murmuring. Go to verse number, uh, verse number 12, and it says, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. You know, you can go in there and you can find the word murmured. In verse number 7, you find murmurings, murmur. Verse number 8, murmurings, murmur, murmurings. Verse number um, 9, murmurs, murmurings. And verse number 12, murmurings. And there's a murmured at the very beginning of the chapter. Things could have changed a lot that drastically. Because remember what murmuring means, it means grumbling. Go to verse number um, 9 and let me just switch one word. And I want to show you what it could have been. Verse number 9, And Moses spake unto Aaron, saying unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he hath heard your prayers. Boy, that changes everything, doesn't it? Go to verse number 12. I have heard the prayers of the children of Israel. Boy, that changes, Wayne, the whole drastic thing of this. Of this and this is exactly who we are. We like to murmur instead of talking to the Lord. Woe is me. So when you look at verse number 16, chapter 1, and they took their journey, some of this journey was their fault. How would people respond to who they are? God cared so much for them that he took the bread that he gave them and told them to put it in the Ark of the Covenant so it would be a remembrance of who they are, what they'd been through. The journey will always include work. Our journey should reflect God, and our journey might be longer than what we expected because God wants us to learn what he has for us. Make sure we do right in our journey. We all have a journey, and we don't know when that journey is going to be over. Could be really quick, could be really long. God knows what we need every step of the way. He'll supply everything we need, despite our faults. Through all of this, through all their murmurings, God still blessed them.